what brought you to press play is the intuitive knowing that you represent the new leader. The universe has directed you toward the entrepreneurial journey, not just to create a business and life you love, but something much more. There's depth to what you're seeking. Moving from an employee mindset to a business mindset, I have a hunch you've actually already moved through that issue. You're not operating from a place of lack right now. Now there's a magnetic force asking you to see something greater. You're a spiritual entrepreneur that needs to play a bigger game than just selling a product and making money. You're here because you are ready to build holistic wealth. Financial wealth is the easy part, but you are here to unlock relational wealth, a community to support you on your journey, physical wealth, vitality to play this magical game of life as long as you can, spiritual wealth, growth and an upward spiral of personal evolution, and service wealth, getting the greatest and most sustainable results for those you serve. Together, we're going to reimagine leadership, diversifying its image, and show generations to come that the golden age of abundant leadership has begun. I'm your leadership and life coach, Michelle Micah, and the host of the New Leader Podcast. Good morning, everybody. I am thrilled. (laughs) I feel like every time I get on here, I'm like, I'm so excited. I'm thrilled. Um, But that's just what happens when you feel really good um, about this project. I feel like this is a major passion project for me, and it's such a good way to be able to showcase people that I think are doing really meaningful work in the world, have a very unique perspective on life, have overcome something, and have really allowed themselves to come out the other side of maybe some struggles they've had in the past regardless of how small or how large those things may be now before i bring our guest on which is oliver micah very special human to me i just wanted to share a little bit about why we are doing the new leader series here on ig and something that feels really powerful for me is to ensure that i'm consistently talking about things like healing leadership of course you guys know that i've done a big pivot around that attraction which when i say attraction it's really being the most magnetic person you can possibly be so you can acquire things in your life that you truly want and not feel shame around them whether that's money whether that's relationships whether that's love career changes it doesn't matter when you step into some level of a leadership mindset all of a sudden it becomes this vehicle for you to live the most meaningful life and i will fight to the end to ensure that everybody that is within my orbit gets to live that type of lifestyle because I truly believe that's our birthright. And so as we move into the new leader series and today's guest, I just want you all to know that it doesn't matter who you are, what you've been through, your background, regardless, I really perceive everybody as having the potential to be a powerful leader in their life. So Oliver will be able to beautifully illustrate his version of what that gets to be. So I'm going to bring him on right now. Hey. Hi, Oliver. Hi, Michelle. 
Okay, so obviously we're partners, but I'm gonna like keep it professional here today. Um, like I mentioned within the introduction, you have just as an individual have a really powerful perspective on how you perceive your own trajectory of your life, how you connect the dots um, on a large and individual scale. And we'll get to that in a minute. But I just firstly wanted to thank you for joining me today. I appreciate your time. Yeah, absolutely. Also, shout out to Rob, too. I haven't heard from you in a while. Oh, hey. <laughs> yeah, Amazing. On, so, <laughs> hopefully, we can pull some people and this conversation will really resonate with everybody. Okay, so something that I really like to start in the very beginning of these conversations is what were you like as a child? Um, like what your personality traits were? And then how did you become such a magnetic, confident person that you are today? Yeah, I mean... <laughs> I think I became the person I am today um, through a very long, probably decade plus long transformation. Um, as a kid, I was very extremely shy. Um, I was diagnosed with Tourette's syndrome too. So it was just hard because like kids are kind of shitty, but they're also very fascinating in the sense that they're brutally yeah. honest, right? There's no filter. Um, so I was a sensitive kiddo. Um, and when I was a little kid, I mean, I was so scared to talk to anybody. I wouldn't even talk to uh, family members outside yeah. of my parents. So I was just like mortified. Um, but just, I don't know, over time, I just think that I really could, I started consciously feeling that holding me back. Um, yes. So I started putting myself out there and it's not like attributed to like a single moment per se. I mean, I kind of, there was like a moment where like, it was like a seventh grade dance where like, I just decided, you know, to, it was like a group of guys and girls dancing in a big circle and I like broke through it and I just started dancing like all crazy. Um, and then all the I other guys thought that. it was hilarious. Yeah. And they started dancing like it too. So I realized like, oh, that was a that was the most bold moment at that point in my entire life that I ever had. And it worked for me. So it, that kind of like sparked that confidence. Um, but it was a slow grind. And um, slowly but surely, I developed a lust for people. And uh, now I, I can't shut up. <laughs> yeah, totally. I mean, I love that you've shared that story from when you're a kid. I think people think that these are just very minor moments in their life that are like oh this is just like a past memory or just this tiny little moment where i had this overcoming but i want everybody that's listening to reflect on your childhood specifically because there were probably those times where you gained that courage and confidence or times where you felt belittled regardless of where that's at on the spectrum yeah. that's really important to look at because that was an actually major turning point i think a lot of people in my audience resonate with times where they felt really almost like maybe isolated or really shy and they're still and i'm gonna raise my hand with this is still trying to find my voice in a big way so the mm -hmm. fact that you could look back to those really pivotal moments in your childhood and be able to say that point forward i actually made a powerful decision to be a different person and now it's feeding into your adulthood that's super super powerful mm -hmm. okay so something that we know that we really want to talk about are really highlighting passions and your career is now starting to become a little bit more adjacent to some of your passions when it comes to sustainability or causes that you really believe in so my question to you is how did kind of sustainability and thinking about the world at large become more of a passion for you in your life? Yeah, you know, so I was like an urban planning major with an edge in sustainability at UW. So I think that opened my eyes a lot to like the world and kind of how we poisoned it. Um, but it also really exposed me to a lot of good. And I think that's what really started my journey there. You know, uh, by the time I was in college, I was already very social uh, speaking to people, but I didn't necessarily have a purpose for myself. Um, and 
you know, growing up in the Northwest, I mean, there's nature everywhere. I mean, trees yeah. grow on trees on top of yeah. dead trees. You know? Literally, like, yeah. It's incredibly abundant. So it's just like, for me, like I had no choice but to love nature. I mean, how could you not? And I don't know, I guess, you know, that kind of gave me a roadmap to where I wanted to go in my career eventually, right? I wanted to work in something sustainable. I wanted to, I also learned that like, we really like globalization is such a beautiful thing because of the interconnectivity, right? We can all learn from one another. Like that's why diversity is so incredibly important because if you are friends with people of different ideological backgrounds, it expands your perspective. Yes. Um, so for me, going into sales was really a product of my personality building. Um, but now I work for a company that really predominantly works with charities and um, they call social corporate social responsibilities, which are basically like the foundations that belong to corporations like the Casey Brown, uh, not Casey Brown, the Brown Family Foundation, so on and so forth. Yeah, doesn't matter. But ultimately, though, now I'm working alongside organizations and my clients in particular organizations that really, um, they make a difference in the world, right? They're they're investing in equitable housing, right? Mm -hmm. um, which is a super, super big thing uh, with sustainability. We think about sustainability as just being saving the environment, but we also, we live in a very unjust, unequitable society. And in order for us to work together harmoniously towards a better cause, towards creating a better environment for us, for our kids, we need to work on that equitability. So yeah, just getting That's to that huge. point was very, you know, a product I think of that passion that I developed in college. 100%. And I really, something that we really like to highlight is that path and that journey and how unique it is to every individual. But something that's really powerful is I don't know that you're necessarily super conscious of like, okay, now the next step is for me to go into some kind of a major that is within sustainability and within my passion. And then my next step is to work for a company that actually speaks to those types of causes. You did, I don't know that it was conscious. Would you say that's correct? It was more yeah. you having like this intuitive pull to actually start exploring all of these pieces. And all of a sudden, this is like what a decade in the making of like exploration, going through yeah. your own stuff individually, mm -hmm. just educating yourself. I want people to really hear this. Being a self educator and being a lifelong learner is the reason why your zest for life brought you into an actual career that serves you. Absolutely. So I just wanted to piece a couple of those things together on an individual level, but to also really remind individuals something that is a key word that you were saying was global connectivity. And I really want people to understand that there's so much intersection when it comes to that. It's not just like, okay, well, I am, you know, purchasing and voting more sustainably by, you know, buying products that are or are more aligned with my values, right? It's mm -hmm. also about understanding what other countries are doing in order to implement those types of structure, that infrastructure within their own society, right? So yeah. being able to borrow and share ideas that spread rapidly are so profound. And I want people to really bite into that because that level of curiosity isn't just going to make us feel more aware and educated about what's taking place, but we can start distilling that information down at an individual level so that we can start connecting acting in a way that serves us here and now that feels really, really actionable. So yeah, what would you put. say? Yeah, thank you. Mm -hmm. So what would you give people in terms of like tips? Now we kind of talked about like the more of like the etheric, like larger topics. Mm -hmm. If somebody was like, okay, I hear you, I see how important it is and I see the intersection. 
what would you tell somebody that like wants to get started in educating themselves more on these types of topics and what they can do um, more practical practically to implement them mm -hmm. well i think first of all like don't make yourself research things that you're not already passionate about right so like figure out your niche first right like are you passionate about social equity are you passionate about um you know preserving nature are you passionate about renewable energy yeah uh, it really depends on what it is so like for myself i'm really passionate about renewable energy i actually i already know that you know i'm dedicating the rest of my career to selling renewables as long as i do sales um so for me i have this natural inclination to learn more about that to learn more about solar and nuclear energy about wind powered energy um you know about all that stuff that might be nerdy to other people but for me it's just absolutely fucking fascinating How so cool. yeah yeah so the, i think the first step is really to just do that soul searching and like ask yourself like what is it that matters to me like what yeah. is it that I, what is it that i could get passionate about if i have a conversation like what what can i possibly get a little too passionate about if I'm debating with somebody, right? Yeah. Like something like that. And there's like, if you're talking about sustainability, I mean, we think of sustainability on such like a two dimensional aspect. Sustainability is so massive. Like talking about like, you know, housing equity, that's sustainability. Talking about equal access to food, to healthy food, right? Eliminating food deserts in lower income areas that are predominantly occupied by people of color. That's sustainability, right? finding a way to reduce the cost of biofuels so that way airplanes can actually be running on green energy that is sustainability it's so broad mm -hmm. right totally yeah. yeah that is such a huge topic and something <laughs> that i remember when i was like 16 and i knew <laughs> when i was just younger i knew i was like i want to serve at some level but i didn't know how and i mm -hmm. used to feel this like really large amount of like daunting overwhelm of like there are so many causes. How am I supposed to ever move the needle on anything? But I think what you really beautifully pinpointed is, yes, okay, so maybe you are really focused on sustainability or whatever topic or cause you may be focused on. It's really about just pulling at a little thread of a little subtopic within that and allowing yourself to explore that freely instead of feeling like there's so much pressure to create change. Because those tiny little steps are really what allow you to feel really excited about it remain in curiosity, be playful. And then as you start really almost like attaining a lot of mastery and information around that, all of a sudden you feel well equipped enough to try to create some kind of change. And yeah. that's what happened to you. Now you're in a career that really suits that, right? Yeah, exactly. And I would say too, like, if it feels like finding a needle in a haystack, trying to figure out where to start, just find a question that you have it all starts with the question oh right gosh. and that's a it's a snowball effect after that so if you have a question about like i don't know something broad like how does the economy work right like that might lead to a cascading like a it's just a snowball effect where next thing you know you know macroeconomics right <laughs> yeah about, like going on youtube true. so it always starts with that like that's that's just like if you could simplify at the beginning of the process what are you curious about right totally. so yeah Yes, this literally me. I just reminded myself three years ago, starting my business. I literally was like, Google how to start a business. And then from there, yeah. I mean, here I am now. I'm coaching multiple offerings and doing a lot of different things that I feel really passionate about. So thank you for making it feel so accessible to people. Yeah. Okay, so before I switch gears, um, I just want to ask what very, if you could get really, um, maybe granular about things that you've done to shift your life to be more, just have more sustainable living and a more sustainable lifestyle. Yeah, sure. I mean, you know,
for me, I could sell dirt to a worm. I mean, I'm good at sales. And, <laughs> you know, it's not it's not hard. It's not hard to do what I do. And I say this all the time. I actually even said this to my boss, which might be a little bold, but whatever. Like, I don't give a shit about sales. Nobody does. Nobody works in sales cares about sales. People care about the relationship building aspect of sales. People yes. care about um, problem solving for sales, right? And the people that actually really make it far in the in that career field, as broad as it is, they're the ones who genuinely want to help their clients, right? Yes. So for me, I'm passionate about people. I love people. I love getting to know my clients. That's why I'm an account manager, right? Yes. Um, now, the cool thing about sales, that's probably the most underrated aspect of it, is you have the opportunity to work in just about any industry. That's the thing. I could sell everything from military weapons to solar panels. I mean, literally, it's that broad. So I have the power to choose. And then when I go into a new industry, I basically get the equivalent of a college education of how that industry works. Totally. It is such an honor. So for me, it was as simple as, you know, looking at companies like solar energy, right? Renewable energy based companies. And those are a little volatile. But for me, I found this company um, called Submittable. And they work with foundations and charities. They it's one of those companies where it's amazing because it's like I have my cake, I can eat it too. Yeah. You make a lot of money, but you're working for a company that doesn't sell shit, right? You're working for a company that actually helps these smaller uh, charities or foundations get money out to the into the hands of people that need it the most faster, right? Yeah. So for me, like that's like that ties into the social equity part of sustainability beautiful right so, so now that we're matters. actually talking about career i think this is going to be a really nice pivot so thank you for kind of like leading the way in that but can yeah. you say your title one more time and um the company that you work for yeah so the company i work for is called submittable um the title is enterprise client success manager um so essentially enterprise is typically high the highest level deals that they have at the company so i'm at the top of the food chain there um which is I mean, yeah. it took awesome. a long time to get there, right? Um, Let, let's then, talk about that, because that's really yeah. what I wanted to address is you, within the last, I would say, year, maybe a little bit less, maybe like eight months or so, your career really skyrocketed. And now that you're making like a six-figure income and you're doing really well, you feel confident and you feel actually like you want to go to work every day, which is kind of the thing that everybody's looking for and within my audience. Being mm -hmm. able to have this intersection between making a decent amount of money, like at this point in your life and you're early, you just turned 30. And mm -hmm. then also being able to feel fulfilled in life is the point. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that is the whole point. And that's what mm -hmm. I want people to really, you know, get from you today. Yeah. So I want to start talking about a little how, what were some key strategies or intuitive hits that you got to start really up leveling in your career. I know we've talked a lot about um, building social capital. So if you mm -hmm. want to actually start with that topic, I think that would be really profound. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, social capital to me, I mean, I, I say it like I'm a parrot, <laughs> but it's so true. Social capital is probably the single most important factor of me up leveling in my career. Um, it's about being smart. It's not about kissing ass, right? It's about being yourself. It's about showing that you can be yourself and still be a professional to the right people. Um, and it's also about earning trust. So like in my last role, I would always joke that my previous boss, he um, actually trusted me more than my own parents do. And why? It's because I always found a way to have an answer for him, even if the answer was, I don't know. And yeah. that's the thing, because it's about accountability and it's about showing, hey, I know what I'm doing. And it takes time, right? Like trust is earned, it's not given. So it's not like I immediately earned his trust. It took over the course of maybe the first two years. Last three years, 
what that trust transformed to combined with just like that um, up leveling and skill was uh, basically a 15 to 20 hour work week getting paid a pretty livable right. wage, not making the best benefits, but still I got that because I learned how to automate my job. I learned how to delegate certain tasks, which is really important if you want to move up in your career. And I also <laughs> earned my boss's trust. Now, where I'm at now, we have company all staff meetings every single week or every single month. So for me, I try to a be have my name on that PowerPoint presentation, whether it's because I did a really big upsell or because of something else as much as I can. So that way my name is out there and people know who I am. B outside of those meetings, just introducing myself to people and just being fearless. And I understand some people are shy, but trust me, I used to be mortified of people when I was a kid. And the moment that I stepped out of my comfort zone, right, it was, it was like, like a hit of some drug. Like I was just like that dopamine was just the effect yeah. was crazy. I was like, I can keep doing this. Yeah, so, so I'm gonna was, pause you right there because there's mm -hmm. really good stuff that I need people to really take home as tools for themselves. And there's really two components that Oliver is mentioning right now. Number one is um, being able to be visible. Visibility is gonna be really crucial. And for coaches, business owners out there and anybody within their selected career field, visibility is going to be a really pertinent key for you to up level in your career. Why is that? Is because you need to be top of mind. When you're in a world where skills can be acquired very easily now, I mean, we're in the age of information. People can learn anything. One mm -hmm. of the most powerful things that you can do for yourself is ensuring that you utilize your personality and to be seen, right? Mm -hmm. Because who's going to be the first person that's thought of? It's probably going to be Oliver because he's putting himself in rooms so that he can, one, probably learn a ton from everybody mm -hmm. that's in that room. And also, like I mentioned, being top of mind. And something also that I really live by is making sure that you're making friends before you need them and that doesn't that almost can feel um transactional like you have an agenda behind it but that's not what i'm saying it's that you need to be in this place of like i know that the highest level of currency is relationships the cheapest form of currency is money so you being able to have these connections and relationships with other individually and individuals authentically sincerely from an emotionally resourced place is going to serve you not just within your career but for a lifetime and sure. it makes fucking life so damn fun <laughs> because of that you enjoy Agreed. what you're at because we we as human beings are made to connect we have to it's it's a, a human need right mm -hmm. so i'm curious when it comes to you and you making those connections what would you say to somebody that's like I can't do that. Like, I'm so afraid I am really shy. It's almost like a crippling anxiety piece. What would you say to that person? Well, I mean, we are the only roadblock in the way of ourselves, right? And like achieving our destiny or what we want our destiny to be. Yes. But I would say start with baby steps, you know, and don't be so fucking hard on yourself because like, trust me, it's a grind. Like you don't, yeah. you don't just become social overnight. It took me over 10 years to like get out of my, you know, fear of other people in order to talk, right? Yeah. And I think that like just taking it day by day and just challenging yourself a little bit and putting yourself out there is really important. Mm -hmm. Stepping out of your comfort zone doesn't have to be flashy. You don't have to go, you know, whitewater rafting down a river <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. comfort zone. You know, it could just be like maybe starting a conversation with like your neighbor when you guys are in the elevator, right? It could be um, just like trying to like reach out to an employee or trying to do, I don't know, like happy hour with somebody. It's, yeah. it's baby steps, right? Because at the end of the day, you're not, you're not going to be there just yet, right? And that's yeah. totally fine. 
Yeah, because I, I would say a lot of people argue too, like, I barely have time for myself. Like, I don't know how I can like go out and like, try to put myself out there when I barely have energy to do the things on my own. So how would you kind of like redirect that person to that feels like exhausted? Well, you know, that's a big one right there. What energizes you, right? Like start yeah. with that. Like, I think, I think it takes getting to know oneself. And like, if you know what really energizes you, I guarantee there's probably going to be somebody out there in this world who's energized by the same thing. And that person or people might be a hell of a lot easier to connect with as opposed to just anybody, right? And if you just start off small like that, well, even if it's like an online community, like people you may never meet in person, Mm -hmm. It might help build up the confidence for you to start speaking to others and to put yourself out there, especially okay. when you're building a business, right? Like that part's super important. There yeah. are people that have the motivation, they have the drive, they have the idea, they have the sauce, they have everything. They just don't have the social skills. Exactly. You can get there. Mm -hmm. And yeah, there's so many things that are totally coming up right now. And it's topics of empathy um, and really understanding, like, if you do feel exhausted in any sense of the word, it's probably because you told me this yesterday. You were saying that it's probably because you're a people pleaser. If you feel that exhausted, you don't have the boundaries enough to actually come from a resource mm -hmm. to invite people over to spend time with them because you're too exhausted from overgiving throughout, throughout the day. So mm -hmm. I want everybody to really self audit and see if that's kind of the space that you're coming from. Because the reason why I'll have you answer actually, why do you feel like you have so much energy to be able to connect? How do you take care of yourself? I think because it's simply I love people. Like, that's it. Like, I get a chance to meet people. I get a chance to use my personality, um, which I think, you know, not to sound like full of myself, but I think is a gift to yeah. a certain extent. You know, it led me to where I am now. I, I'm passionate about that. And it goes back to the whole thing about I don't care about sales. I don't care about making somebody yeah. else money, you know, even though yeah. I make money off of it, too. You know, yeah. I care about the relationship building aspect. And that's what gives me that energy to go back to work every single day, even if it's just like a boring meeting, you know? Yeah. Um, that and is a, a life that. hack, I think, because when you can find yeah. that one fucking thing that you can always come back to that you feel really passionate about, that will source your energy from beyond beyond that you, you can even imagine. And something yeah. I want to give people tangibly is like making sure that you do things like when I look at Oliver's lifestyle, he works out every single day. He walks at least once a day with our dog. Mm -hmm. He makes sure that he's connecting to family and friends. So he has a lot of things that are set in place. So he can feel really, again, resourced. So he can show up at his fullest at work every day. Okay. So one thing that I really love about you is your ability to be so empathetic with other people. It's such an innate quality for you. And for men that might be watching this, that might feel like they're still unpacking empathy, that mm -hmm. they might think vulnerability, empathy, sensitivity um, may correlate with weaknesses. What would you say to somebody that thinks that way? Well, I would say stop thinking like a boy, first of all, because yeah. I think it's very masculine to be in touch with your feelings. And I also think that it's incredibly harmful not even yeah. in the present, uh, but over the course of a lifetime to, you know, repress emotions. And the problem is very multi-layered. I mean, you know, society tells men not to talk about their emotions. I don't fault most men for being uncomfortable with it because we were raised that way. Yeah. You know, I, it's hard for me to even talk to my father about emotional things, right? Mm -hmm. And it's hard for him to talk back. It's intergenerational. Yes. But I think that there's nothing wrong and it's totally masculine to talk. Like that, it's just, that's it. Like 
you're not emotional, okay? You're yeah. human. Humans yeah. have emotions. You're allowed to feel certain types of way. You're allowed to feel sad. You're allowed to feel depressed. You're allowed to feel feelings, right? And you're more than welcome or allowed, I yeah. guess, <laughs> for lack of a better word, yeah. to talk to other men about it. Why is it that us men, we have to go seek a therapist? Yeah. Right? We don't need to do that. And I've always been jealous of women in this regard because women, even though y'all are very good at talking shit about each other, y'all are no, even stop. better. <laughs> Y'all are even better. We're beyond at, that now. We're beyond that. That's play. But y'all are y'all are even better at talking about your emotions with each other. And it's something that I've always been a little jealous of because I wish that I could talk to my guy friends about that. And now I'm finally getting to a point where I feel like I have the right group of friends where I feel comfortable enough to speak to them, right? But that took some that took some searching and that took time for me to get past my ego and to actually speak on my emotions and how I really feel. I used to be a people pleaser to the max. Like I used to be a big old people pleaser and I would just repress my emotions. I would go do the things that my past friends wanted to do and I didn't enjoy them. And then like, you resent them. Yeah. yeah, and now it's like, yeah, and I don't like resent them per se, but I got to a point where I resented them, you know? Yeah, and totally. it was for no reason because they're great people, so. Yeah. yeah, that's really profound. I love that you are addressing this because this is actually a whole other topic I think that we can cover. And I think it would be really resonant for a lot of men that might be watching this that identify as somebody that values personal growth. If you are watching this, you do. And just being able to understand that being able to understand your emotions actually is, again, a life hack. Because the way that you can alchemize energy, get over things really quickly, be in vulnerable spaces, that allows you to attract people that are just as authentic and vulnerable as you. When you show up trying to, again, people please or be somebody that you're not, what are you going to attract other people that feel fake or that don't really align with what you want to be, what you want to become, because you truly yeah. are the average of your, you know, five friends. And I would Absolutely. also argue that even beyond that orbit, all of those people and their friends and their family will impact you as well. So I love that you were able to shift that narrative and shift your lifestyle to make sure that you're aligning with other men that value masculinity and empathy, mm -hmm. and how those two intersect together. Okay, last couple questions. Um, so this is a big one because obviously this is all about leadership. You've showed us so many layers today, but I would like to ask you, what is your, your personal definition of leadership? I mean, for me, being a leader is simply authoritatively taking control over whatever matters to you. Exactly. Exactly. It's that simple. It doesn't have to be this like whole image, right? Because that's something that I'm truly trying to break down is when you think of a leader, you think of somebody on their soapbox trying to, you said the other day, just like sharing a vision, but not really integrating or standing as a person of service, right? Because when I think of leadership, it's not somebody that is trying to step into a leadership role. It's somebody that feels almost like they must. Their lifestyle just all of a sudden start, people start magnetizing toward them and they don't necessarily choose it. So I love that you said that, just taking control of your life at an individual or a greater level. Absolutely. So how do you think that you stand as somebody that either sees themselves as a leader or somebody with a leadership mindset, what does that look like for you? I mean, for me, I really thrive off of people telling me what I can't do, you know, and there's been <laughs> other times and it's, it's great. Cause I mean, like you could be, you could be a leader by being rebellious yes. and accomplishing what you want just by people telling you, you can't. Like I remember uh, when I went to university of Washington down in our hometown of Tacoma, just like, you know, kind of like a mid-sized city just south of Seattle. 
they had this statistic that terrified me and it was like uh it was like by the numbers it was like a pamphlet and it said like 93 percent the number of students that end up getting a job within 30 miles of tacoma and i was like holy shit i don't want to live here like you know i was like <laughs> i have bigger plans i have bigger ambitions like i want to go to the city right and i had a cousin that lived in new york city i ended up getting my in there um staying with her i literally had a harry potter style situation where i was in one of those <laughs> railroad apartments and really what was not a bedroom um but that experience turned into five years of living there in a whole entire career right wow. so like even the by the numbers pamphlet um couldn't define what my future was going to be and i feel like that right there is an example of being a leader in my life right i go travel um i love to travel a lot we travel a lot we take our dog everywhere we don't care we don't feel limited we're leaders because we could take control of our own lives and nobody can tell us otherwise it could be that simple right and to yes. me like that's really what being a leader is taking control over something you give a shit about Yes, right. I love that. That's yeah. the two major things is what I'm hearing is rebellion, like really seeing yourself as this mm -hmm. warrior, this powerful rebellion that can think fucking differently. Mm -hmm. Please rethink, just start practicing. What do you actually believe in? And that will lead your way into like, I, like we are saying, leading yourself in a better direction. And totally. some of the benefits, it sounds like that you're kind of addressing is now we can travel more. Now you have more freedom. Now you are manifesting all of the things and feeling really fucking good about your life right now. Um, so yeah, and can I just pause? Can I just say yeah. too, not just feeling good about it, feeling like I'm in total control of my life. I love that. I yeah. love it so much, especially when everything is so unknown, feeling that sense of control because you're in power is the most powerful, is the most profound thing that you can ever have in your life. Yeah. Okay. Last question is what advice would you give somebody that like, doesn't really see themselves as a leader right now. Maybe they're shy. They're like, Oh, I don't want that. What would, <laughs> what would you tell them to empower them? What was the last badass thing you did? Right? Yeah. Like, that was like, what, what to you is badass? Like, you know, did, I don't know, did you like, it, it doesn't have to be, you know, badass or you can come in like the PG form too. You know what I mean? Did somebody say something you didn't agree with? And you said, I disagree. Yes. Okay. Maybe that's uh badass. Yes, that's a good example. Yeah, yeah anything yeah. like that. It doesn't have to be moving to New York or, you know, breaking up with somebody or like doing something super drastic. It can be as simple as that. So I hope everybody kind of taps into their rebellion today and sees how leadership, again, is the vehicle for you to have everything that you want in your life. Is there any final thoughts that you have for our audience today while we wrap this up? Yeah, just keep asking why. Like, why can't I do this thing? Why, why do I have to live life this way? Why do I need to get a marriage and then a house and then a kid or kids? Why do I have to do this? Why do I have to work a nine to five? Why do I have to work in an office? Keep asking why, because the more you ask why, the sooner you're going to start transitioning your thought process and start thinking like a leader. <laughs> Good job, babe. Okay. Anyways, so I wanted to thank everybody for joining us today. Hope you really got a lot of just beautiful spiritual codes from this. We're able to kind of borrow Oliver's mindset and to be able to implement a couple of those things today. Um, so you can really start shifting your life into this leadership mindset that I know that you have within you. And finally, remember this, you can be anything because you are everything. We'll see y'all later. Bye. Bye. <laughs>